As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter 1. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy-to-read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. C.S. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. You are listening to the C.S. Lewis Podcast with Professor Alistair McGrath, brought to you by Premier. I'm Ruth Jackson, and over this second series, Alistair and I will be looking at some of the key themes and ideas in Lewis's seminal book, Mere Christianity. You can find out more about this series, as well as C.S. Lewis and Professor Alistair McGrath, by heading to cslewispodcast.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please don't forget to like, rate and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. On today's episode, we will be looking at what Lewis says about Christian belief in mere Christianity. Welcome back to the C.S. Lewis podcast with Alistair McGrath. And Alistair, today we're going to be talking about the topic of Christian belief, particularly what mere Christianity says about Christian belief. And for someone who hasn't read mere Christianity or perhaps read it a long time ago, would you summarise just a little bit about what Lewis thinks about Christian belief, what he says about it in this book? Well, Lewis is really trying to help us understand what Christianity is all about and why it is so interesting. And so at quite an early stage in the book, he begins to ask, you know, what Christian belief is all about. And he has to bear in mind that for his audience, a lot of people will think Christian belief is simply a formal statement of faith. I believe in God. End of discussion. And what's very interesting about mere Christianity is that Lewis does not really engage the creeds very much. He will say, yes, let's all agree that one of the meanings of the word faith is um, these statements of faith. But actually, there's something deeper, and that is a personal inward transformative attitude, something that embraces, enfolds, digests these core elements of faith. And what Lewis is trying to do here is get away from the idea of a formal understanding of Christian faith as simply saying, oh, yeah, I I believe in the creeds. Great. He's saying, no, no, um, that's a framework. What you need is a living reality within you. And Lewis will will talk about this when he talks about different kinds of life. Um, But the key point he's trying to make is that we need to move away from any idea that Christian faith is simply ticking a set of boxes, you know, about what the Christian faith is all about. Now, so much of mere Christianity is practical, and yet he sort of spends a whole book, the whole of chapter the, of book two, really, talking about what Christians believe. Um, I suppose in some senses, not, not so much how to live, but the kind of reasons why they should do that. Why do you think what we believe is so important to C.S. Lewis? 
I think what Lewis would argue is that the way you behave expresses the way you are. In other words, um, you know, the way we behave really reflects the kind of people we are. And that's one of the reasons why Lewis spends so much time at the beginning of mere Christianity talking about this difficulty in actually doing what we know to be good. Because Lewis is there setting up a question he'll come back to again and again, which is how on earth can we do good when we can't do good? And the answer is it has to be, it has to be personal transformation. That's with some inward change in us. That's be some injection of life, if you like, to try and enable us to do this. And so if you like, what Lewis is saying is, I think that Christian behavior is actually really rather important. And we're going to come back to that later, yes. But nevertheless, what we need to understand is this problem about behavior in the first place, which is that there's a danger people will be put off trying to be good people if they feel they can't actually be good people because they can't match up with what they know to be right and what lewis is saying is that understanding christian belief will give you that framework for realizing what can be done to enable you to become the better person that you know you ought to be so it's almost taking a step back it's taking a step back in the sense that lewis is saying before we get on to this do you mind if we just talk a bit more about what this whole idea of faith means the difference that christ makes and once you see that then the whole idea of christian behavior can be seen in a very different way and what are some of those key beliefs that he unpacks because it's a pretty meaty book isn't it there's a lot in there well, it's a very meaty book. And, and what Lewis does not do is to say, let me walk you through the Christian creeds and tell you what they're all about. He doesn't do that. What he does is he introduces some major themes. And perhaps the most important of those actually focuses on Christ, who, who Christ is and, of course, the difference that he makes. And one of the things that Lewis talks about is how we might understand the way in which Christ motivates us or transforms us. And he uses some very interesting analogies. And the one that actually stands out for me is the analogy of a good infection. Um, and I mean, this is really interesting because most of us get infections of one kind or another. When, when we get them, we, we, we find we can't work, we can't think properly. And what Lewis is saying, what would happen if you were infected with something that made you more energetic, made you more able to do things? Wouldn't that be wonderful? And he begins to say that if you like, sin is a bad infection, but Christ is a good infection. What he's trying to get across is the idea that Christ becomes part of us he's not an external object of belief he's not an external example we try to obey in some way christ becomes a life form within us now of course that idea is very very biblical but lewis is very restrained in using biblical language to express that we're going to get to the topic of Christ in a later episode. We're going to spend a whole episode talking about that because it's clearly such an important topic for C.S. Lewis. But how does he view other religions, uh, particularly in mere Christianity? But, but generally, how did C.S. Lewis view other religions outside of Christianity? Well, in mere Christianity, he does talk about this because he, he's clearly aware of the fact that um, there are many religions in our world and he knows perfectly well his readers are also aware of this fact. And what, what Lewis is saying really is that um, he is a, as a Christian is not saying everyone else is wrong. He, he is saying that in his view, Christianity gives us the best way of looking at things. But he does make the point that actually, if I can put it like this, um, 
Other people may take steps in the right direction, but not go the full way. And therefore, Lewis, uh, who was fascinated by both Greek mythology, but also Norse mythology, he, he, could, he could see there was something that these were grasping or trying to take hold of, but they couldn't. They, they were missing it. And what Lewis was saying is that, that they could see how they were reaching out for something that Christianity was able to articulate and provide, but they didn't get there. So for Lewis, if you like, Christianity is the fulfillment, not simply of the Old Testament, but also of the human yearning for morality, for meaning, for significance. And thus Lewis will never do other faiths down. Rather, he will say, can you see how Christianity brings these to fulfillment? And he says, doesn't he, that um, in, in the same way as he sort of articulates a math sum, that some answers can be closer to the to the right answer. They can be more right in some senses. He says that about religions as well, doesn't he? He does indeed. Uh, he um, he will point out that actually there are some there are some shared ideas across religions, and of course that's very important for Lewis in some of his writings, where you want to try and bring out the idea that we have to explain why there is this common set of beliefs. Um, and of course, the idea of a law-giving God is actually a very important part of that. But nevertheless, Lewis is very, very clear that Christianity is, in his view, the final definitive answer to these questions. And therefore, one of the things he's very interested in doing is pointing out how, um, if you like, other faiths are reaching towards something they don't quite grasp, or that they are hints or echoes or, if you like, rumors of something which, is, which lies beyond their reach. And ultimately, he does think that Christianity is somewhat distinctive. So what does he suggest are some of those distinctives of Christianity? Well, I think the most important distinctive is the person of Jesus Christ. And, and Lewis will spend a lot of time, uh, and obviously we'll talk about this later, but it's good to talk about now just to make sure we've all appreciate the importance of this point. He, he does spend a lot of time challenging the popular stereotype that Jesus is just a good religious teacher. And, you know, we've got lots of those, haven't we? So why do we need another one? Lewis is saying, look, yes, he was a teacher, but actually he's more than that, a lot more than that. And that's why very early on he begins to talk about the whole language of salvation. And really the point he's trying to make is that without in any way denying that Christ is a religious teacher, he's emphasizing it's more than that. Remember what he said? If you're a moral teacher, the problem is people can't actually live up to moral teachings. They need to be transformed. And the Christian idea of salvation is all about that. And this is about what Christ has done in order to enable us to live meaningful and good lives. And Lewis says in this book that Christianity is not the sort of religion that someone could have just made up. What do you think he means by that? I think the point he's making is that, um, if I put it very, very crudely, <laughs> um, the really simple religions are the made up ones, you know, uh, and what he is trying to say is that Christianity has a depth to it. Um, a complexity to it which arises from the fact it is so rich that actually um, if you wanted to invent something dead simple you wouldn't be talking about these kind of things and so Lewis is saying that Christianity really needs to be understood if you're going to appreciate its depths but what he the point he's trying to make I think is simply this um, there's this tendency within human beings to reduce reality to what we can cope with and Lewis is saying, no, no, don't do that. Expand your mind, take in the way things really are. And sure, that's a bit hard, but actually 
it's rewarding because you are dealing with the way things really are, not a simplistic, invented way of thinking that you have made up. And that's very much his attitude towards Christianity. When we come talk about Christ or the Doctrine of the Trinity, we'll see these are complex, but they are not irrational. They are they are wonderfully rich and deep. And once you grasp what they're all about, they transform the way you see things. And Lewis wants us to appreciate you mustn't be frightened of complexity. If anything, be suspicious of simplicity, because that suggests distortion. It suggests reduction. It suggests not being responsive to the complexity of our world around us. Do you think he's suggesting as well there's a sense in which actually if we were going to create a religion, we'd perhaps make it slightly more palatable as well? I think that's exactly right. Lewis is saying, at least as I read him, that um, if I wanted to um, to persuade people of something really um, that meets what I think their their longings are, I would have invented one myself. In effect, I've invented a religion which was me-centered. This is, in effect, putting me at the center of my universe. And I say, hey, what do I want? Oh, I want this. Right. Religion's all about this. And what Lewis is saying, no, no, no. I'm sure some people do that. But actually, Christianity is not something invented. It's something discovered. I think that's a really important point because Lewis is saying, look, I didn't make this up. I discovered this. It is wonderful. Let me tell you what I see here. So he he would be very critical of those who simply invent ways of thinking. He argues, of course, that atheism is very much like that. But his point is that Christianity is not made up. It's a response to the way things actually are. And that means it's demanding. But he's saying, I can help you with that. And we're going to talk about those things as we work our way through this book. And do you think there's a sense as well, if if Christianity is complex and it's not simple, does that mean that we all need to get a theology degree in order to sort of delve into it and truly understand it? No, no. <laughs> Lewis isn't saying that. I mean, let me give you an example. I mean, um, I want you to imagine a nice garden, OK, and, and you walk around and you love the flowers and, and beautiful scents and, and, and you know, it's, it's just wonderful. And then, of course, you study biology and you've come to know a lot more about it. You appreciate even more. But actually, there's something there even before you understand. What Lewis is saying is that his goal is to help us understand why this is so exciting and then help us to go deeper. And not everyone will want to go deeper, but Lewis is saying it's good for us. So he will do some basic theology in mere Christianity, but it's not, um, it's not intimidating. It's very well done. It's very carefully done. But the key point is that Lewis wants us to understand why Christianity is so attractive. That's the key point. It's like he's taking us through a garden saying, look at that flower, isn't it nice? Look at this one. Look at that one wouldn't it be lovely to understand more about these flowers and we say by the end of it yes please and that's that's what he's doing in mere christianity he's giving us a sense of what is there and why it's so exciting and then we can go deeper if we want to and some people will but not everyone Lewis obviously famously moved from atheism to Christianity. And in the last series that we recorded with you, Alistair, we touched on some of those kind of key points in his journey of faith. But in Mere Christianity, he articulates sort of how he views his new life as a Christian. Would you say just a little bit about that, how he views this new life as, as a Christian? Well, he uses this image of new life um, quite a lot, and I think very, very helpfully, because one of the things he, he's trying to get across is that there are different ways of living, different forms of life. 
And Lewis uses two Greek words. Bios, B-I-O-S, and we get our word biology from that. That means, if you like, um, physical existence, getting by from one day to another. And then zoe, Z-O-E. And that means, in effect, life in all its fullness, or as Lewis puts it, spiritual life. And the key point is that we use the word life to refer to both natural life and spiritual life, or if you like, biological life and spiritual life. And so actually, um, he asks us to imagine a statue. Now, you see, a statue is frozen. It is a representation of someone, but it's almost as if it's inert. It's not going anywhere. And he asks us to imagine a statue compared with the person who actually modeled the statue. That's a living being. And in what I think is a beautiful um, line of argument, Lewis says that what Christianity does is change statues into living people. Um, uh, He talks about the world being a great sculpture shop, (laughs) and we're statues, and one day some of us are going to come to life. If you like, it's about moving from biological to spiritual life. And for Lewis, that is transformative. We spent the last episode talking about the inherent moral law and kind of living a moral life. Um, Do you think that post-conversion, it was easier for C.S. Lewis to live a moral life because he had this new life that you speak of? Did, Did that mean the kind of external manifestation of the way that he was living his life was more moral than it was before? I think that's part of it, but there is more to it than that. I think that what Lewis began to realize post-conversion was some things that he thought mattered a lot actually didn't, and therefore he didn't need to strive to achieve them. So Christianity was liberating. He did not need to strive for success because actually success wasn't really important anymore. It was about calling rather than success. And a very good example of this is actually a throwaway remark of one of Lewis's writings where he says, I stopped keeping a diary. And actually, those of us who want to write Lewis's biographies are very annoyed. (laughs) We'd have liked him to keep writing that diary. But actually, he said, look, it's a self-indulgent thing. I'm not saying you said to everybody, he's saying, look, uh, I I don't need to do this anymore. I'm liberated from that need. And so if you like, part of the process of transformation is being liberated from the sense of I have to do this. No, you don't. There are other things you can do, and they're more important, and they matter more. So if you like, um, you are leaving behind one set of expectations, which you couldn't meet anyway, and then you're embracing another set, which are much more exciting, and you're being helped to do that. So I think Lewis is really um, making the point very, very clearly that um, the Christian life is not something you live on your own unaided. You are helped to live this out. And he says, doesn't he, that God doesn't love us because we're good, but that he will make us good because he loves us. He does. Uh, And I think what Lewis is trying to do is to move away from this cultural idea that good people are more likely to become Christians or be Christians. I mean, uh, Lewis is very, very clear that uh, that he became a Christian and actually he didn't really think very highly of himself as a young man. <laughs> so, you know, th- there's a very big thing there. And, of course, you and I would say, well, look at the example of St. Paul in the New Testament. I mean, he was a horrible guy who then became a leading articulator and representative of Christianity. So it's all about God taking people, repurposing them and using them. And actually... Think of what's happening to Lewis. He's like Paul. He was, if you like, a very articulate atheist. 
as a young man, who became an extremely articulate Christian who knew what he discovered was wrong with atheism. So if you like, that's a very good example for Lewis of the role of divine providence. And is that something that people around him would have noticed, do you think? Did he keep the same friendship groups um, and colleagues? Were a lot of the people who he knew pre-conversion the same as the people he knew post-conversion? Would they have noticed those differences in Lewis's life, do you think? Yes, that's a really interesting question. Um, I can answer that question because there's some documentary evidence. And, of course, people who knew Lewis best were um, the fellows of his Oxford College, Malden College in Oxford. Uh, And Lewis was converted in, he says, 1929. I think actually it was 1930, but we'll leave that. Um, So, in effect, Lewis had been at Malden since 1925. So people knew him quite well. And they noticed the difference for a start. He started going to chapel. That was very, very obvious but so if you like it was um it was an external behavior but he they also noticed something else which actually was that lewis seemed a much more settled person and i think that's really important alistair did c.s lewis ever read a book like mere christianity um, which helped him to understand what christianity was either i suppose pre-conversion in a way to help him get to this place or post-conversion to help him articulate some of his faith well, yes, he read before his conversion G.K. Chesterton, particularly his book, The Everlasting Man. And he said, this makes sense of things. Now, it didn't convert him, but if you like, it sensitized him to other possibilities. Actually, there were other possibilities than his atheism. And this was something he would follow through on. Unfortunately, we've got to the end of this episode again. Again, I feel like we could be talking about this stuff for hours. But if we want to find out a little bit more about what C.S. Lewis thought of what Christians believe, what could we go and read? Well, I think uh, there are various things we can read. I think the problem of pain is actually quite good in helping us to understand, for example, something about what God is like. I think we can also read um, The Four Loves, which is a late writing in which Lewis talks about a number of things, including, incidentally, the theme of the importance of friendship, how that is modelled on, uh, for example, the relationship of Christ and the believer, but how it takes in some very important places. And I think that will be helpful, I think, to flesh out some of the ideas we've been thinking about in this uh, discussion. Thank you so much, Alistair. Thank you for listening to the C.S. Lewis podcast with Professor Alistair McGrath, brought to you by Premier. I'm Ruth Jackson, and over this second series, Alistair and I will be looking at some of the key themes and ideas in Lewis's seminal book, Mere Christianity. You can find out more about this series, as well as C.S. Lewis and Professor Alistair McGrath, by heading to cslewispodcast.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to like, rate and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. Next week, we will be looking at the problem of evil in mere Christianity.